Well, actually, I got into fresh expressions before I ever heard of fresh expressions. When <laughs> I, my wife and I were in Colorado Springs, Karen, my wife, uh, we were in Colorado Springs. We were, um, I was an intern at this at this church at Pikes Peak Christian Church, and we were working on a fifty day spiritual adventure. And they introduced some books, and one of the books was um, "Conspiracy of Kindness" by Steve Shogren. Mm. And uh, I read that book in like one night, and I got so excited about it. His his premise was, you know, that there are various ways to evangelize. You know, there's, you know, the high risk kind, and then there's a low risk kind, mm. and there's a low risk and high reward kind, which really bases is based on making relationships. In my work as a pastor and pioneer of new things, I get to work with, coach, and learn from others, tilling soil, planting seeds, and praying for rain as we dig in and engage our communities for the mission of God. Join me as we share stories from the field in the Common Ground Podcast. You're listening to the Common Ground Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Jalad, and it is a joy to get to introduce to you today my friend Tom Compton. Tom, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your context, who you are, and um, and then we'll get started with the Fresh Expressions conversation. Oh, I'd love to. Thank you for having me on, Heather. It's uh, but I'm you know I'm Tom, and I've been in Carrollton for this is my fourth year. I'm at Old Camp Church. Um, which isn't a camp at all, but that's just the name of the, the <laughs> church. Um, but it's, you know, I'm in kind of a fortunate place. We've got um, a chapel service in the early in the morning, and then we have a, a, in the worship center, we have more of a contemporary service later on, and we've got a youth service at night. So it's kind of a unique concept for me. I'm used to, you know, a little smaller church, but this has been really, really a fun place. It's grown a lot over the years, and it's, you know, um, it's just a, a really beautiful place to be. I think it's the best appointment in North Georgia. Nice. Okay. Well, Carrollton, for, for folks that aren't from North Georgia, Carrollton is um, considerably further west of the city, maybe you know, on your way to Alabama, right? <laughs> a college. You can't see it, but you can smell Alabama from Carrollton. <laughs> it's a... Uh, there is a, there is university. I love Alabama. There's the University of West Georgia there, so you do have a, a college campus um, in some proximity. I don't know how far from Old Camp, but um, I'm sure. Okay, so so that really does impact, I I think, to some degree, what you're doing there in the church. Um, I I don't recall exactly when we met Tom. I know that we've had some connections through Asbury and through uh, New Room Conference and things of that nature. But um, why don't you tell folks a little bit about how you kind of got into this whole Fresh Expressions conversation, what was kind of the the precipitating event, and then what's kind of transpired since then? Well, actually, I got into Fresh Expressions before I ever heard of Fresh Expressions when I (laughs) My wife and I were in Colorado Springs, Karen, my wife, uh, we were in Colorado Springs. We were, um, I was an intern at this, at this church at Pikes Peak Christian Church. And we were working on a 50 day spiritual adventure and they introduced some books. And one of the books was, um, Conspiracy of Kindness by Steve Shogren. Mm. And uh, I read that book in like one night and I got so excited about it. His, his premise was, you know, that there are various ways to evangelize, you know, there's you know, the high risk kind, and then there's a low risk kind. Mm. And there's a low risk and high reward kind, which really base, is based on making relationships. So I had done a, a few little 
brief, you know, one day entries into that type of thing, but I've been interested in it since like 1995. And uh, when they had the first vision that I vision day that I remember seeing, uh, I signed right up. I was ready to roll. So relational evangelism was kind of the whole thing that really kind of got your attention in regards to how Fresh Expressions is is organizes itself, I guess you could say. Yes, and, and but but that's been an exciting uh, uh, it was an ex- exciting discovery for me when when I saw you guys doing that, and I heard the, heard the stories about um, kayak church and tattoo parlor church. Yeah, yeah, and and really, I mean you know, all the things that you mentioned are really around specific affinities, right? Uh, shared affinities with other people. And so your idea was was very unique and a very um, particularized, I guess you could say, affinity, which is, um, which is around, it was originally around the Browns, right? So t- talk a little bit about that. Well, I, I call it game day church, but how it happened is, well, first of all, I've been trying to figure out how to get more men involved in like a Bible study or men's group. The only time I could get guys to do anything is if we had a work day or if there was a barbecue involved. <laughs> so I was trying to figure something out, you know, what could, what could get guys on board? And, and uh, then I kind of got distracted. Um, I'd been going to um, Atlanta on some Sundays. They had a, they have a hot, hot Atlanta Brownsbackers club, I think in Smyrna or someplace. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I went to a couple of those or went to a game with the, with the gang, you know, and, and I thought this is really fun. And when I got to West Georgia, I thought, you know, I've run into a lot of people who are Cleveland Browns fans, believe it or not. <laughs> and, uh, so I decided to start my own chapter, the West Georgia, the, the Browns backers of West Georgia. And uh, it didn't really take off as well as I would have liked um, because, well, first of all, there's, there are no um, restaurants that have NFL Sunday tickets. In mm. Carrollton, so I went to Villa Rica, and that was—I think you heard that experience in Villa Rica, um, Cinema Tavern has yeah. has uh, has that, but they smoke in there, and I hadn't been around smokers in a long time. I used to smoke, you know. I'm not a not judgy, but I leave after that. I had to take a shower before going around the youth group in the afternoon. <laughs> Otherwise, I smelled like a smoke. Pit. Yeah, and then there was another one. I found another one in Noonan, but it, it really was. Uh, I said, well, we got to do something. So I, I decided to open it up to the church and try to get the church involved and to make it a fresh expression. Mm-hmm. It, you know, we did okay, but when you have to go 25 minutes after church to uh, to a, a, a place in in Noonan, it kind of, you know, it was kind of a challenge. So mm-hmm. um, I decided. We then we decided to change gears at the end of the season, and and so come 2020, we started to think of a different way to do it that we could get really old camp more involved and more of the community. And I was looking for a logo and um, a game day church logo. And I found one and it was, it was a Jaguar, Jaguar, Jacksonville Jaguars colors. And so I I contacted the the head of that. I said, Hey, could I use your logo for this? And he was telling me stuff that he could get us connected with the Falcons and stuff like that to, uh, um, have some inroads to special things. And I'm like, you know, this is even better. So I was yeah. thinking we were going to develop game day church into the, into the Falcon season, but we were going to start with the Braves in the spring. We were going to go to, nice. uh, we were going to go to opening day, you know, take a group, take some kids with us, you know, and do some, some stuff and try to build up uh, game day church from that angle to try to make kind of a fun thing. And, 
and come to find out there are a lot more fans out there than just men. So we, you know, it's, it's like couple therapy. Yeah. It's, um, no, that's nice. I, I really like, I really like kind of, I think there's a lot we can learn from what you just shared. And that is, and I also often encourage folks to just experiment and try something for a season, whether that season be, um, you know, three months or a football season, you know, and, and, and you did that. And then you kind of stepped back and were able to reassess and evaluate and make some decisions and make some changes. And it, you know, I think a lot of times in the church, we, when we start something, we think, okay, we've got to figure out every single detail and it has to go exactly this way. And we're going to like charge the hill and nothing's going to change. And we've got to make this work. And, you know, and we're going to keep doing this until, you know, 50 years from now. (laughs) But I think the beauty of Fresh Expressions is the low cost, the, um, the adventure of of trying something new and also the opportunity to really learn some things um, along the way and not and and to hold on a a bit loosely uh, to what it is that you're doing so that you are willing to kind of adapt and and be nimble in where the spirit's leading you and um, and have the opportunity to make those changes along the way so you started with game day and um, and kind of what transpired after that well, we're still, you know, we've got it on the back burner until next season. You know, um, I still contact the Brown. I've got a small Browns backers club here. We're just not meeting anywhere with COVID. So, yeah. you know, I, I post some things. We we uh, raise funds for Murphy Harps. One of the things the Browns backers international does is they have uh, campaigns to raise money for charity. And we've chosen uh, Murphy Harps and uh, Nick Chubb, who's, a star for the Browns is from Cedartown, which is nice. where Murphy Harps is. And he, and he has a relative that works there. So we're, you know, we uh, kind of use his number as, uh, you know, uh, Browns backers club number 24, you know, that's wonderful because of all the relation, yeah. all the relational connections that are there. So um, I think that's significant as well. It may, it, it, um, and I got to know makes- the chaplain of the Browns too. So it's kind of cool. <laughs> kind of a cool thing. That's awesome. I love that. And so you, we've all been living in this season of of COVID and um, and not being able to meet in person, and then being able to meet in person with restrictions and limitations. And um, I know that as a result of that, some kind of new things have come to light for you. So why don't you why don't you talk a little bit about that? Well, we were doing drive-in church in the summer, and we have a youth pastor and uh, a next-gen pastor, and you know we've had to set up together. I was not supposed to be, because of my age, I, the governor wanted me to stay home. And so <laughs> I wasn't doing any speaking for like, what, three or four weeks that we had started mm. this. And so I was way behind the scenes and I was uh, was helping Matt, our next gen pastor, you know, carry some speakers back into the church. And and he is a skater. He's skateboarded since he was a kid. Uh, I, I say that he's our version of Tony Hawk. He's a, uh, you know, <laughs> He's, he's, he's really, really full of energy and he loves the skateboard. And so we decided uh, game day church is going to also include um, kind of skateboard church. We have a skate park here in Carrollton. That's really nice. And so uh, we're trying to figure out the best way to do what we've got a proposal put together um, that he put together and I've uh, given my seal of approval. We're trying to figure out the right time, the right timing to get it, um, to get it rolling. And, um, 
I think that's going to be a, a lot of fun. I'm not probably going to be too active in it because, you know, why does, hey, why is that old guy hanging out at the skate park? <laughs> you know, but, but Matt and Aaron, I think, will really, really shine. And uh, I think it's going to be a lot of, it's going to be a lot of fun. That's a pretty good skater. That's awesome. I love that. And I mean, I think the 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 beauty of that is, you know, so many people are doing things outdoors right now. So you have a little less limitations with what you can do there. But also that you are, um, you don't feel like you have to um, be the front man, that you don't feel like you have to be the one in charge or the one in control here. You truly are kind of um, playing the role of permission giver. So you were the pioneer of the, the Browns backers, the game day, um, fresh expression, but now you are kind of releasing uh, the other people um, in your church to, to go and do this thing and, and giving the permission and blessing to do that. I do want one of their t-shirts because that, you know, I've got it. <laughs> so you can rep them. That's great. <laughs> I love that. We talked about, I know we talked about, um, you know, one of the things that <clears throat> we encourage folks to do is is to prayer walk and, um, you know, prayer walk their community, prayer walk the neighborhoods around their churches, um, the shopping centers, and the parks is another place to do that as well. So um, I love to look at that as kind of a uh, cultivating uh, the ground uh, with prayer where God has already placed seeds and um, and and just waiting expectantly for um the for the the spirit to to say move you know and whatever that might uh whatever that might look like in that context yeah great idea yeah i think i think that would would bear some wonderful fruit just paying attention and being present i think is um is something sometimes we um we rush too far ahead and and don't do so um you know again we we do tend to <clears throat> we do tend to think in the institutional church. Um, let me go do this thing, or this sounds like a good idea, um, and forfeit that time of listening. Obviously, you've listened because these um, these folks under your leadership. This is a love and a passion for them. And when you're doing something that you love and are passionate about. Um, you truly love the people that are in front of you in a whole different way and also have a, a passion and an energy about what it is that you're doing um, that cannot be manufactured, right? So, I mean, these these are wonderful opportunities for the priesthood of all believers to recognize, you know, what are their passions? What are their loves? where Who do they spend time with that share the same affinities um, and look for, uh, you know, opportunities that God's inviting them into that could be the the ground for a fresh expression or, um, you know, where that relational evangelism can happen over time. Uh, so that's that's a that's a beautiful thing. What do you feel like your what your next steps are in that regard? And um, and then even for other people in your congregation. Well, we're just going to try to do one thing at a time and not be afraid to fail. I, I think it was an awesome failure. You know, yeah. I, I wasn't, you know, the, the Browns backers probably was, was just more of me trying to enjoy something, you know, um, mm -hmm. but the good news is I had an opportunity to pray with a couple of guys when their parents were sick and someone else, I, I was on my way to Noonan. We, we would go to Art and Jake's sports bar in Noonan, which is really a great place. And I was on my way there and, and I called one of the guys. I said, hey, have you saved a table for us yet? And he said, 
He said, no, no, no. He said, um, I had a table, but now I'm, I'm in the emergency room. I had a heart attack. So, you know, I went right to the hospital and, uh, and I was able to, to do a little ministry with him in the emergency room. And then the next day when he was in his room, you know, I checked back. He was able to go home pretty soon after. But uh, oh, good. that was kind of a neat, neat opportunity. You know, it was unexpected, obviously, but what a great opportunity to just share God's love in such a practical way. Well, and that he reached out to you, you know, and let you know about that, right? He could have said, I'm not going to make it, but he he saw he saw you as someone that um, was that representative and, and invited you into that time of, I'm sure, a great deal of anxiety and um, and vulnerability as well. Plus, I could keep him up to date on the scores while I was waiting. <laughs> That's great. nothing. <laughs> That's great. But I love that you embraced your quote unquote failure. I would say there's no failures, really. I mean, I, I have heard it said, and I've, I've repeated this often on this podcast, that you're either winning or you're learning. And there you go. Yeah. And I try to do both. You, you know. That's good. That's good. I love that. So, um, I guess, what is one thing that you would like for people to know about kind of uh, cultivating this, this what I like to call common ground, where we can connect with um, everyday people outside of the walls of the church? I just think we all have interests. You know, there, there are things, um, for me, the, the reason I wanted to start following football again in 2008 was all I was doing is stuff that wasn't particularly manly. You know, I was, I love to read. I love to sing. I love to play guitar and piano. And I'm like, well, this doesn't sound very manly. You know, so I wanted to do something back to my roots. My, my dad was a big, was, was a pretty good athlete and, I was, and a sports fan in, up near Cleveland. And my sister was a big Browns fan. So um, it gives me a sense of being able to do something with them, even in their absence, you know, but to just find something that you, you enjoy try to see what 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 the holy spirit uh is able to um cultivate in your heart you know the way to reach others that have similar interests. i love that i think a lot of times we think of our church life and then we think of all of the other parts of our lives right and so we don't necessarily live as fully integrated christians right so uh we, we we do tend to um, compartmentalize, right? The sacred and the secular when the spirit of God is, has been set loose in the world. And if we are, you know, if we are as Wesleyans, people that recognize um, and value the prevenient grace of God that we say is at work in every person's life, every person has been made in the image of God and and every person um, God loves and is working um for their good and and calling them to uh, God's self, then, you know, then then the spirit of God is at work everywhere and everywhere we go with, you know, in, um, filled with the Holy Spirit is holy ground. And so there are there are opportunities for for us to um, live as these fully integrated Christians, little Christ sent to the world mm-hmm. and um, and share life with others and and. Um, build relationships with others that becomes really this um, fertile ground for the seeds that God has been so generous uh, to sow to bear fruit. And so um, I think it's it's just a wonderful there the the opportunities are endless. Um, they are endless. You know, unfortunately, statistics tell us that you know about 
17 to 20 percent of our community will come to our churches as they exist right now. That means they will come into the building. They will um, participate in a Sunday morning worship service. Um, and the the um, the other, the remaining portion of our community will not. And so we can be upset about that or we can try to have the best, you know, preaching, the best music, the best facilities, the best everything. Um, or we can we can understand that no matter how good those things are, um, that those people are just not going to come. And so as a people of God who have been sent to go make disciples, um, you know, there is a world out there that God is working in the midst of that he invites us into. Well, and, I, and I always pictured Jesus really enjoying hanging out with, with Matthew and the tax collectors and Zacchaeus, you know, eating with them. You know, getting a bad rep from the from the religious group, and and I just love that image of being able to just go where people are and have fun and appreciate them as they are, instead of, uh, yeah. you know, I always get amused when somebody slips and says something. They say, "Oh, I'm sorry, preacher," and I'm like, "You don't have to yeah. apologize to me." You know, I'm not the guy that you worry right. about. But, uh, <laughs> it's interesting when the temperature of the room changes when you walk in, isn't it? <laughs> I know, I know. I, that, I tried to have a very low profile when I'd go to uh, Art and Jake's or the Cinema Tavern. You know, I yeah. just tried to be um, um, just laid back, you know. Right. Yeah, I didn't wear a clerical collar. I was going to say, you didn't come rolling in in your clerical collar with your largest uh, cross around your neck. I know. <laughs> I know, I know. And and, and I think you, you become much more approachable, Um you know, when you when you do that, so much more approachable when you don't do that, I should say. But when you just when you just want to come in and um, and meet people exactly where they are with no agenda, but to share a love that you that you have and um, and see what God does. I mean, the Holy Spirit does the heavy lifting, truly, as we continuously turn those things over um, to him. So um I always like to add this question because I think that um, it's it's enlightening and I've gotten all kinds of answers to this, but what are you reading right now and or what are you listening to right now? I'm a podcast junkie. I know not everybody listens to podcasts like I do, but what are you reading and what are you listening to right now? I'm terrible with titles, but I just finished a book um, by Jack Deere, Why oh, I'm Still Supposed yeah. by the Holy Spirit. And... Uh, uh, that, you know, that that was wonderful, you know, and I'm still working on uh, God Outwitted Me by Maxie Dunham. Mm. And then then I have uh, kind of joy reads. You know, I like C.J. Box. And I found this kid named, uh, well, he's not a kid, really, Chad Zunker. He just sounds like a kid. But he, uh, uh, he wrote a book called Equal Justice, and he was talking about the homeless situation in Austin. That was what the novel was about. But, but I was introduced to what they call Benny's Village in Austin. And that's a, a homeless village made up with, with tiny houses and stuff. So, anyhow, I, I've been fascinated with that. I, I think that's something that ought to be applied in so many communities in our in our nation. You know, Georgia has a few places that that would really be uh, really be an excellent um, opportunity for the homeless. Yeah. So that sounds great. There's actually a a judge in a superior court judge. In, in Douglas County that um, that is working toward a, I guess you could call it like a tiny house village. He truly has a heart for the homeless. And um, 
and took some um, land that had used to be uh, have the uh, county animal shelter on it. And um, and the county animal shelter was taken down and they rebuilt it elsewhere. And so that land was vacant. And um, he has taken the trailers that are sitting behind so many schools in the county and um, and brought them all over there to create a, a sort of a, a homeless village. So um, I don't know if he took notes from um, from Austin, but uh, it sounds like a, a comparable idea. <laughs> that is it. I'll have to find out more about the, the judge. That's all. Yes, 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 absolutely. I'll send you his name so um, you can check him out. He's he's an awesome he is an awesome man of faith um, that really does. uh embody that in every aspect of his life which is pretty awesome so what about listening are you listening to anything do you listen to podcasts i i listen to some i've got kind of a quirky collection i listen to uh well obviously common ground you know, but <laughs> i'm always i'm a little intimidated you've had such scholarly sounding people oh my gosh tom and I'm like, oh, my word, you know, I'm just a small town boy trying to make it in the big city. But <laughs> I've listened to it. I've enjoyed it. Um, seven Minutes Seminary. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and, and when we're traveling, I like to listen to Mike Rowe. He's got a podcast called The Way I Heard It. He tells mm-hmm. stories kind of like um, Paul Harvey told. Okay. It's really kind of fun. I'll have to check that out. I do love, I did love pa- Paul Harvey. Just his voice had this soothing quality to it. So. <laughs> That's awesome. So Mike's isn't quite as soothing, but he's got a unique style. Okay. I will definitely check that out. Well, Tom, I just want to thank you so much for sharing your story. And um, and I know that it will inspire others to, to, try, to try some new things and to really listen for where God might be leading them in their community and their context. So I just pray God ble- God's blessings on you. And um, as you seek to be faithful and um and following his leading and guiding have a wonderful day thanks so much again thank you god bless mm-hmm.